This episode of ACMG Presents Talk Time Live is brought to you in part by Viewfinders Identity Search and Design. Your choice for web design, graphic design, and all multimedia development needs. Visit VFISAD.com and let us bring your vision to reality. This is Naruto Uzumaki. Go Eagles! Comics, movies and games to come on and let's get it. Talk time. Anime comics, movies and games to come on and let's get it. Talk time. Anime comics, movies and games to come on and let's get it. Talk time. Anime comics, movies and games to come on and let's get it. Talk time. Live. Started in the 80s with Matt Cross. Dudes in the hood might have called that soft, but I carried that cross like Jesus did. Fast forward, I teach the kids to learn how to let go, live life, and show love to all things that don't matter where y'all from. And luckily, there's a show called Talk Time. We've been waiting for this for a long time. Dax kicks the facts on all the geek news. Special guests and unbiased reviews. Suburban kids, the hipster street dudes. All can learn something new. Me too. I heard worse when no faith is empty. I stayed the course so my haters tempt me. Beep the podcast, that'll make them envy. It ain't too trendy. It's ACMG. Anime, comics, movies, and games. To come on and let's get it. Talk time. Anime, comics, movies, and games. To come on and let's get it. Talk time. Anime, comics, movies, and games. To come on and let's get it. Talk time. Anime, comics, movies, and games. To come on and let's get it. Talk time. Gentlemen, welcome back to the Journal of My Life that covers all things anime, comics, movies, and games. This is ACMG Presents Talk Time Live, the Prime Show. I am your host, Xavier Josiah, with another fun-filled week of news and reviews. Um, before we get all down to that, I got a couple things to uh, say. First and foremost, yesterday was um, the anniversary of September 11th, and we were looking to reflect on that and remember, uh, you know all the things that had happened that long ago and it has been quite a while but believe it or not people may be still affected by it those who have loved ones and friends who passed away during that time those who you know everybody was impacted in some form or fashion with that event and what i do remember is that during that time it wasn't a civil war of divide it wasn't it wasn't politicized to the extremes of things that are happening now we all no matter what creed or color we were or whatever orientation we were, we were the United States of America that time. We got sucker punch by somebody and we never felt a sucker punch like that before. And we don't know how, to, I think we're still, to this day, we're still recovering from that punch. We have not been punched in the jaw like that ever. And the first time we get punched in the jaw like that, we don't know how to act. We don't know how to recover from it. And we're still struggling to learn how to recover from that. But during that short period of time, we all work together and I would love it for that to happen again. With that said, and hopefully someday it will. And with that said, my thoughts and prayers to everybody who were deeply affected by the events of uh, September 11th. You know, 
we always should remember, reflect, and then work together for that. So on a lighter note, you guys got to hear something really cool at the beginning of the show. One of my sound bites um, liners that I get from celebrities and, and guests that has been on this show. No one better than my good friend Molly Flanagan, who did one solid for me. Uh, during our last one-on-one interview with her, uh, it was right about 2018, uh, she decided to look out for me and did a Go Eagles liner for me. And this is what the part I love about her. She does things out of the blue. She looks out for me out of the blue. I don't understand why, but she is such an angel to that. But that's also based around, for those who weren't listening back now to our new listeners, um, Molly Flanagan, of course, the voice of Naruto Uzumaki, uh, is, you know, a good friend of mine and she's been on the show many times. I actually also worked with her with uh read pop as well. Um, she kind of picked on me. She, she, <laughs> she kind of picked on me and it was based on the super bowl that happened two years ago. Uh, two, was it two years? No more. It was 2018. It was more than two years ago. And it was the time when the Philadelphia Eagles here in Philly, uh, where I'm from, finally made it to the Super Bowl and went up against the New England Patriots, the at the time undefeated, unstoppable New England uh, Patriots. So she decides to take it upon herself to call me out on Twitter and she challenges me to sort of a mayoral bet. And the bet, you know, basically, you know, if you when you have a mayoral bet, it's usually like, you know, you get you you basically bet one orders their the the uh, signature you know food or delicacy of that of that city versus the other person's you know so it was basically uh, cheesesteak versus lobster roll uh, here uh, so you know to her lobster roll she is a New England Patriots fan I and I say she's actually more of a hardcore fan um, she loves Brady she loves all those guys there and. Those guys at the time were unstoppable. Nobody was beating them for multiple years until that year. And lo and behold, the Eagles beat the New England uh, Patriots. And that was a miracle. (laughs) That was something else. That was absolutely something else. And I ended up winning that bet. And it led to uh, her getting us a, you know, getting me a lobster roll courtesy of uh luke's lobster and which was awesome too by the way we do have a luke's uh, luke lobster in our city here so she got um she looked out for us she she owned up to it it was a lot of fun it was a great deal it was a really fun deal for us to do and it was it's just one of those things like she just does things for me out of the blue and it's amazing i am i couldn't be more blessed than to have gotten to know her and become friends with her and and lisa her wife and um it's just absolutely those two are absolutely the best and we've been tight close since we've worked together through we worked together through um you know being on this show she uh she's also you know done things for me and looked out for me in terms of my uh, viewfinders identity search and design business. She technically is a client as well. 
and we also worked together for Repop too. So it's like, you know, it's awesome. And during that interview, she decided to do a Go Eagles one-liner that I am using right now, which is what you hear. And the reason being that you're hearing that right now is because today, as you're listening to this, September 12th, this is the opening uh, day of the Eagles. Uh, This is the first uh, game of the season for the Eagles. So I figured I look out for my ACMG members and listeners who are Philadelphia Eagles fans of, you know, NFL for those who are listening outside of the country here. And it's just been awesome. Uh, Not only did I do that, put that together. I also there's, you know, exclusively for the ACMG Facebook group, there's a video that I created (laughs) where I have, um, Naruto, you know, the, uh, what is it? Sage mode Naruto. And I redrew the coat that he's wearing, but it's a, it has now the Eagles colors in there with the Eagles, uh, Eagle logo on both shoulders. It's really awesome. And the headband no longer has the hidden leaf headband. It has the Eagles logo on there and it's a video with the same, you know, uh, soundbite and everything, but it's just, you gotta see it. If you're ACMG member and a Philadelphia Eagles fan, that's all for you. And um, if you are, if you want to see that video, go to facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash ACMG one, but you can only be a member of that group. If in fact you have a legit profile page, if you answer all of the questions as requested and they have to be legit and they have to be correct and you have to truly be a fan of anime comics movies and or games in there as well not not necessarily all but you know at least one or two or whatever um you know just show your fandom that's what we want we want actual real fans in this group uh that really enjoy all the things that we do and we can discuss and have fun that's pretty much what the group is that's what it's intended to be that's what social they need to change the term social media because that media part is messing things up it it keeps people from focusing on the social aspect of it because everybody's worrying about the media aspect. But yes, we want you to be social and friendly on social media. So, you know, if you want to check it out, you can go exclusively there. It's it's uh, pretty fun. It is pretty fun. And also, you'll see it because there will be a banner up uh, pretty soon. There, well, actually, if you're listening to this now, the banner is already up. You can see the banner with the uh, Naruto logo. I moved the Naruto uh, Sage mode with the Eagles gear on and everything. So I did a whole entire setup for this just for the Eagles fans for today here in Philadelphia. Cause I got to look out for my Philly people. You know, this ACMG is Philly based. So, um, you know, I got to look out for my peeps. So there you go. And today's episode, we are going to be talking about a lot here. We got, um, we got some, you know, bad, you know, some sad news. We, we got to talk about as well. We also got some trailers, that uh, we want to talk about here too. So, I mean, it's, it's going to be a little bit of a mix episode. Plus, of course, we're going to talk about uh, this week's What If. And in our talk topic of the week, we're going to be reviewing Mortal Kombat Legends Battle of the Realms. Well, yeah, we'll talk about that. But nonetheless, <laughs> let's not waste any time, folks. Let's find out what's new in the world of ACMG. And now it's time to find out what's new in the world of ACMG. All right, folks, first of all, I got to recommend something. 
you want to start your morning right, like music-wise, dude, Thundercats Dragon Ball Durag is the best way to start, especially a Monday morning. I'm just saying. I actually, uh, it, it really, that, that is such a dope dude. I, 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 I can't speak highly enough about this guy. Talk about a guy who actually just, you know, he does whatever the hell he wants. He go, he goes with his own groove and his direction, and it, you know, he just goes all out. And when he take, when he he brings back some dope songs, it, it could be wacky, but it got a lot of swag to the wacky man. It's, it go find Thundercats music, and, and in particular, especially for anime fans, Dragon Ball Durag. It's just it's the best. If you haven't heard it yet, you know it's it's been out for quite some time. But I always like bringing it up. It's just that that song is just so. It's groovy. <laughs> All right. So let's talk Scarlett Johansson for just a second, because uh, there has been reports that said that um, that she asked Disney for one hundred million dollars for Black Widow's Disney Plus theater release. And of course, the Internet and social media has to have their say and I mean, to honestly, to be honest, we don't really have too much of a say in the situation, to be honest, because we don't a lot of us don't really know the ins and outs of how these business transactions work. And that's the reality. And I I did post out, you know, people's thoughts in there because I'm interested in what people actually know about the situation and what they do. You know, you always got you always have people on social media who wants to comment for the sake of commenting but don't really have the understanding of how business goes and there's a lot of misconceptions because they don't you know learn about why these things work and why she should get paid a hundred million dollars it's not like it's not like scarlett johansson just ran up to him and said i want a hundred million dollars no i'm pretty sure that her and her legal team which i'm pretty sure she has a legal team put the numbers together based upon the you know the, 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 the data and the figures that ha, uh, has come back from the you know the gross amount of money that they made from her movie and both in the box office and in Disney Plus and that's what I believe they came up with whether that is appropriate or not that's more or less for them to find out but I would just tell everybody who's putting in if you are not a business oh person if you're not in the world of entertainment if you don't have a clue if you never experienced anything like this before that you need to learn and understand scarlett johansson's case before commenting because the 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 reality is is that you guys can say whatever the hell you want but if you're putting that same position what would you do there's always people who try to tear her down because they think that she's asking for too much and you don't deserve. But these same people, these are some of the same people who've never been in situations like that, who've never had a, a lineage of success like she has. And, you know, it, it's it, it just takes a lot to understand why these things are asked. And even more, it could be based on sexist means as well, because lo and behold, had that been Robert Downey Jr. or Chris Helmsworth, or you know even paul rudd for god's sake or something like like if they would ask for that money guaranteed i don't think we would have gotten such um you know throwback from fans and mostly male fans who are you know the ones that are criticizing her for even asking for more money 
No. This actor, actor, deserves everything she gets from both aspects. It is a, it is actually a crime on Disney that they did they did her uh, this injustice, and it, it's even more because um, we all know, and it, well, some of us may all know. If you don't know, look it up. But you know, everybody from the Warner Brothers, um, you know, side of things, aka DC, were compensated for the losses of the box office uh, gross that they were supposed to get as well. They knew this coming down that that COVID and the pandemic was going to affect their sales because people weren't able to go to theaters at the time. And, and, and still now, there's still a, you know, there's still a short amount of people who are going to theaters right now. So you're not making nearly as much as you could have 2019, 2018 or such. Um, or any of the years that that you know marvel studios has been doing films for the first four phases i you know i think that she's deserving of a of a percentage of both you know because of that it's just it's you know if you understand the business aspect of it yes you know she deserves it. she absolutely deserves it she is and not only just because that was part of the contract but because also she was a pivotal pivotal part of the avengers She's been with the Avengers since Iron Man 2 and Avengers in every single Avengers film to that point. So it, it puts a damper on the idea of her doing her one-off movie. And this is still a struggle. This is still a thing that women in Hollywood are going through right now in terms of trying to, you know, get their worth out. You know, the same with, you know, actors, you know, black actors. It, it's... Hollywood and in, in, in these in these award academies, they're all conform to this old school style and this old school ideal. And as long as they keep doing that, it's going to be a problem. So I hope she gets what she deserves. I I don't know if 100 million is the exact of what she owes, but I know she deserves something to that nature. Um, I would have to go in to look at the figures and facts of the box office gross for both the theater and the release. I know I put money. I paid for that um, premium. <laughs> so I'm sure a lot of people uh, pay for that premium because now, now everybody was able to go to the movies at the time. And some people were too afraid and it just didn't feel like it was the right time to do it. And I, I you know, I totally understand that. So hell, if they would do it for, uh, for Shang-Chi, uh, Shang I would have stayed home too. I wouldn't have gone to um, movie tavern. I'm sorry. Like one, it's just, it is still a risk. Even though I've been vaccinated, it's still a risk to whoever, you know? Um, and you know, it, it, it just, it just is, it just is right now. So hopefully that works out. It's going to take a while. This is not going to end anytime soon. Very simple. But I, I have reason to believe that based upon the situations at hand, that I think she may win this. Uh, so we'll see. We will see. And we can't go through this show without talking about the passing of Michael K. Williams, who died this week at the age of 54 due to overdose. This is one of a few known uh, figures in Hollywood and entertainment that has passed away due to overdose. I was, uh, this has also been reported three comedians also have passed away due to overdose. This has been a big deal uh for the past you know 
for quite some time now um we heard the kid who played young flash also died and, and there's a connection to all of them apparently too um fentanyl apparently has been the case of this and um whatever they're getting the the drugs from has been laced with this fentanyl and it enhances the drug that they're using to a deadly level and a lot of these guys are you know going out michael k williams you know the lovecraft's uh, country actor was found dead in his brooklyn apartment on mo uh, monday afternoon it was said that williams got into the world of entertainment as a backup uh, dancer in videos and it uh and or tour from uh george michael madonna and many others that's awesome uh williams have uh transitioned into an established acting uh career playing in many great movies such as the sopranos law and order boston legal uh and recently the award primetime he, he was awarded the uh prime, or nominated for primetime emmy for the series lovecraft uh country where he played the role of montrose uh freeman Williams is uh, nominated for the Outstanding Supporting Actor uh, in a Drama Series for his role in this series, in this year's Emmys uh, as well. He won the Critics' Choice Award for the role. He really did a great job. And I mean, a tremendous, like, there's a lot of things that stood out from that series in terms of character development. His was absolutely, without a doubt, one of them. Because um, he played the father and uh he had a he had some he had some demons and you know it, it i mean not as much as he had in his real life but you know he you know on in there he also played you know a character a father with some a lot of throwback issues you know both supernatural and you know domestic at that um he is survived by his son elijah i don't know how old um his son is but I'm sure he'll be taken care of. Um, the cops are currently searching for the drug dealer that led to this untimely death. And it's just sad. And it's not the first time that they, uh, you know, that, that cops are looking for a drug dealer and they found the last drug dealer of, I forgot what celebrity it was. And this guy's still around walking. So I don't know to what end they're going to do whatever with the, with the guy, but it's just sad. Um, Michael K. Williams is going on record and talked about openly about his uh demons and addictions and everything so you know fans were hoping that it would turn out better he would recover he would get through and it's unfortunate it has not uh he will be remembered as a extremely well established actor and an entertainer and um he'll be missed i remember the funny thing the first time i ever seen him didn't mention this but he was on robocop <laughs> the new reboot of robocop and uh that was the first time I ever seen Michael K. Williams in there. Cause I'm like, who's this dude with the scar on his head? And I, and I thought the scar on his face was like um, a prop, like it was cosmetic and find out it was real. I was like, okay, that's kind of dope. And this dude has been on some really awesome, you know, upper level uh, drama, um, you know, films as well. And you don't, you don't see guys like that a lot. And he stood out. He he's his. Uh, it was a credit to his his performance and his uh, level of uh, acting. And yeah, he will definitely be missed, man. It, it's it's a it's a big it's a big blow. It's a really big blow losing him. So rest in peace to Michael K. Williams and heart, uh, thoughts and prayers to the uh, friends and family as well. 
Alright, we're gonna change the vibe here. Because uh, this week, we finally got a taste of the new trailer for The Matrix. And The Matrix tells us that this trailer is awesome. First of all, the teaser that came out this week blew my freaking mind, okay? The teaser that allows you to pick between the red pill and the blue pill takes you to this website. And you on the website, there's just all white, but there's a red pill and blue pill. It doesn't matter which one you pick. Well, it kind of sure it does. But of course, I love taking the red pill because I know what it stands for. So I took the red pill. And what it does is that it, it gives you a teaser and somebody's narrating what's going on and what could be what could be happening but in the midst of this they tell you the time and they say you 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 know you could uh, the matrix could tell you that is such and such time and as you look at your watch and you realize that it's exactly the same time that they mentioned in the trailer it freaks you out it really really even in a and then i was then i said all right that's freaky i went out of there i went into the blue pill does the same thing and it was a it was a different time i watched this teaser about four or five times to reassure that this this teaser or this group of teasers and each one of them like after a certain time you do get to see different footage different little clips in there but what really just just freaked me out was that it was telling me the time in real time only the Wachowskis. <laughs> what this this is something that they did when they when the Matrix first appeared. They did some really awesome things when you know they are pioneers of the new age of filming and promotion and marketing because they did what they did when the Matrix originally aired was just have they do so they do so little and gain so much it it's it's awesome when 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 the trailers and and and, and the posters and, and and the marketing and promotion came out for this all they did was what is the matrix in green letters and people were just intrigued like what is going on here what is this and it just created this this bit of simplicity spoke volumes and people were so wondering and then we started seeing more and more of it and then we saw trailers, you know, little teasers that say, what is the matrix and all this stuff. And now we see this more often. We see this more often, but nobody does it better than the Wachowskis. And they did it again. They found a way, they found a way to be even more innovative with now the new technology that we now have in this, in this state of uh, Hollywood and everything. They managed to do, and, and the internet wasn't nearly as, as uh state of the art as it is now by the way it wasn't nearly as evolved as it is now so they're able to do much more than what they did before and they did it and it's just fantastic so um the trailer it was advertising that the trailer was coming out on a thursday thursday the trailer came out the trailer itself was epic as we saw the return of neo and trinity uh it looks like they're they don't recognize each other in the matrix it sounds like that they're back it, it does appear that they're back in the matrix um there seems to be a new morpheus in here but i have reason to believe that lawrence fishburne will be back there's no freaking way that that dude you know shaved his head bald on blackish 
for the sake of that. It is no way. I think that dude's coming back. Um, I don't know what's going on. We, we can't, the thing is we can't really determine what's going to happen in this movie based on what we see, because what they're probably just throwing us off um, the scent so bad. We do see Neil Patrick Harris in there playing as a therapist to uh, Neo. And I have reason to believe that Neil Patrick Harris, whatever character he's playing, he's a pivotal character in this. I think he's, in fact, I think he may be the main villain, the main bad guy here. That's just my, that's that's my prediction of this at all. I think here's, he's going to play a big role because it's Neil Patrick freaking Harris, okay? And it's going to be interesting. We see some other new characters that will be entering this as well. And, you know, notably so, Neo is for some reason taking a horde of a of blue pills you know so he's definitely deep in the matrix he also looks in the mirror and a different face kind of appears briefly so there's a lot of things that are going to be discovered but the wachowskis are back baby those two are geniuses in this and i hope that they because the problem was was the matrix revolution it fell really flat at the end and hopefully they will be able to pick it up pick this back up the uh, Matrix, uh, what was it? Uh, it was Matrix Revolution. It was Matrix and uh, the second one. Um, God, I forget. I'm I'm buzzing on what the second one was, but the second one was possibly my favorite because there was so much awesome that happened to there until he, until this fool went to the uh, architect, and that's when they just like, all right, I'm confused. And then I went to school and you know learned about computer science, and I would get part of it now, but it was still like. It goes through people's head at this point because they had a long conversation about what was going on. I can't wait to look because I will absolutely watch all three of the um, the movies again. They're on HBO Max and thank goodness the Matrix will be on HBO Max uh, this December. Uh, I believe December 23rd or something like that. Uh, it's going to be near the end, close to Christmas pretty much. And it's another movie that's going to be in Christmas. We still got Spider-Man No Way Home uh, no, um, as well coming. Uh, so, you know, one I'm going to see in the theaters. The other one I'm going to see at home. So it's going to be awesome. And man, it, what, a, what a deal. What a deal. This is going to be epic. I'm sure we're going to see much more from it. But this trailer really tells you nothing because it's just it's going to be it's just going to be crazy. But I tell you this, um, let's talk about anime news. I am excited about this because one of my favorite animes that that uh, Netflix was able to acquire is Baki. Baki has been nothing short of awesome through this whole entire time. And ladies and gentlemen, they are back. Baki Hamna is coming to Netflix september 30th and will we finally get to see the showdown the epic showdown between the much anticipated showdown between baki and his father yujiro who in all accounts is one of the most ruthless characters in all of anime can i say like this dude deserves to get his ass whipped to epic proportions after killing his um mom in front of him you know and beating him down and let me tell you, man, I, he deserves it. And they kind of led into, it looks like that they were going to be finally, they're finally going to get that fight. They're finally going to get that showdown that we've been wanting them to have. And hopefully they'll, hopefully they'll deliver. 
hopefully they will deliver here because I've been waiting way longer than this series aired on on um on uh this on Netflix. I've been watching Baki probably since the original two seasons aired when he was a kid. What you see on Netflix is not the beginning. Um, there, are, I don't, I still don't understand why Netflix hasn't acquired the original two series, uh, which are like 52 episodes each, I believe. No, it's a combined of two, um, 52 episodes where it starts out when he's like about like 15 years old and he's already a prodigy in fighting and his mother trains, uh, go, you know, they're all rich as hell. Like Baki's stupid rich and his mom who looks after him because Eugero wanted him, wanted her to train him to become the most powerful man in the world, just so he can fight him. Because his father is apparently the devil and he, he, he he's like one of the most powerful fighters in the world, respected by everybody and feared by everybody as well. He is not afraid to kill everybody. He has immunity to, to kill everybody. He works with the, um, with the military as well and in, in deep you know situations like they know how he is technically you know the anime version of killmonger um from you know the marvel cinematic universe except he's just way more ruthless he does not care and the stuff that he's done in the original series is just it's in, 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 just insane and baki we get to see baki become stronger and learn and and, and train and fight with all these different you know, characters from around the world and all this stuff. Just, just this 15 year old kid. <laughs> okay. So it, it's just awesome. And now he's getting, you know, to the Netflix uh, series, he's getting himself into all these different, you know, even more deadlier, you know, fights with people as well. This time around, Baki will be entering the Arizona state prison as, as well to take on a powerful fighter and inmate known as Mr. Unchained. So, this is going to be interesting. I'm looking forward to it. September 30th. Get ready, especially for all you Baki uh, fans. If you are a fan of like fighting, like like martial arts fighting, like legit martial arts fighting. Well, it's not legit, but it's like it kind of it's kind of le like they take legit combat fighting and kind of bring it to an extreme. You know, it's it's like it's crazy, but. MMA fans will love this show. MMA fans who may not be getting into anime or anything will love this show because this is not for the weak at heart. But anime fan, um, M MMA fans will love this. It's it's brutal. <laughs> it is absolutely brutal. Um, another trailer that I want to talk about, and this is gonna lead into our talk topic here because there is a there's there's a relation to it my thoughts on the injustice god among us trailer that uh we finally get to see and if you guys remember i talked about this before because we got to see a still image of what injustice what the injustice art style uh characters are going to look like which very much mimics that of the mortal kombat legend series from studio mayor and i i, I this is the part where i'm like i'm really not impressed and i'm actually a little bit disappointed by the look of this because i i'll talk about it again in our talk topic with mortal kombat legends i'm not a fan of this art style especially knowing that that dc has 
art directors and character designers that are far that designs far better uh, models and characters than this. And there, and I, mostly because this is Ed Boon working on this is another realm studios behind us that they're sticking to this as almost as a significant way of showing that this is Ed Boon's deal. There's a connection to everything. And uh, I don't know, man. I don't know. I, I just don't know. But the trailer shows us uh, it, it'll the trailer shows us that this movie is going to focus on the inside. Uh, give us an inside take on the events leading up to Superman going mad uh, after the Joker murdered Lois Lane. For those of you who played the video game, you know, we know that it starts when the Joker kills Lois, uh, but doesn't go into detail as the game goes strictly to the aftermath of everything that has happened. This movie looks like it's going to go like focus on everything that happened right before then. So that's something that that is that is a really cool thing to do for this, because, you know, when playing the, the Injustice game premise is basically that Earth one Justice League heroes uh, somehow get taken into the to the Injustice Earth. And that's how that whole thing started. But this is totally focusing on the Injustice Earth, not the Earth one, you know, deal. So that's going to be interesting to see. And, and then, which also means that it's slightly going to be based around the comic as well. Uh, probably more or less the comic than the video game series. Um, the movie will also not focus on the Earth One Justice League coming in too. So, I mean, it's just going to be there. It's pretty much going to be there. But like I said, the art style is uh, from the people who brought you Mortal Kombat Legends, which is Studio Mayor. So it's coming this fall. We will see it. I hopefully the writing will still have the same writing that we love so much from other great DC animated films in here because I know the the art style is not going to be flattering for me so we'll see so all right last bit of news I want to talk about folks is this week's Marvel what if we have witnessed five absolutely fun and phenomenal episodes from Captain Carter uh, as the first Avenger T'Challa becoming Star-Lord uh, what if the world's uh, lost their mightiest heroes uh, which then got really dark at that point and then it got darker with Doctor Strange uh, losing his heart instead of his hands and then we get zombies this episode was very entertaining and I, I didn't know you know with, with the episodes getting really dark as they were I'm like oh god zombies it's like this just is gonna get really really dark and in fact it didn't really it didn't really get as dark as i thought it was gonna be and they did kind of lighten up a bit but it was still had its moments the episode is based around the um timeline of the infinity war now for those who don't know or don't remember this is also the zombies is based on a very popular uh comic i don't know if it's also what if but there was a comic and uh there was the series of comics and uh that focused on you know marvel zombies and this is a, an homage to that as well but this episode in particular is based around the timeline of the affinity war as we see bruce get teleported from Hamdel when Hamdel teleport uh teleported him to the uh sanctuary sanct uh sanctorium uh to warn 
Doctor Strange and them that Thanos is coming. He soon discovers that, strangely, no pun intended, no one is there. Bruce suddenly encounters the two um, two of Thanos's Black Order members, who ended up uh, with the ended up um, victims of zombies in a short time. And how? Because suddenly a portal opens up with a familiar uh, with some familiar faces that um, that comforts Bruce at first. Not only did they defeat them, but they started to begin to eat them. And Bruce is looking back. His reaction turned from relief to fright as like he couldn't believe what he was seeing. And as he got closer to look, he realized that Tony Stark and the Avengers and Wong uh, were zombies now. <laughs> Bruce uh, is saved by none other you know, as the as the Avengers try to attack him at best, Bruce is saved by none other than Doctor Strange's cape, who, alongside uh, giant ants led by Hope, with the assistance of Spider-Man. So there's some survivors here uh, in this game and is in this episode. And this is awesome because this is Marvel's version of The Walking Dead. And we're going to see and just like The Walking Dead, not everybody's going to pull through through this. This is awesome. So we later discover that the zombies invade the um, world thanks to hank pym once again hank pym is the reason why something has happened in a in a marvel universe or multiverse i should say hank well hope and hank if you guys remember they also are tying in the situation of ant-man uh ant-man and the wasp because you guys remember ant-man and the wasp takes place during the events of infinity war when thanos first you know invaded and snapped everything off so they were you know remember that that's all a tie-in from each other in the same timeline so um we discover that you know hank pym travels to the quantum realm to save janet van dyne now if you guys remember in the original movie he does save her she acquires some type of powers and ability in that earth in that multiverse however in this one she is infected by a quantum virus turning her into a zombie and upon discovering this hank found out and it was too late because she bit and, and and turned him into a zombie as well hank returns uh as a zombie where hope by the way i i gotta say this the zombies in this universe they are much more intelligent than the zombie than the walkers in the walking dead much more like zombie tony stark still knows how to use his armor Zombie Wong still knows how to use his magic and Doctor Strange knows how to use his magic and everybody else know how to use their powers. They still have some, you know, they still have a lot of intellect in here. So I, I you know, I, I'd be remiss if I didn't point that out. The difference in this, this is, uh, this is crazy. But, uh, you know, they Hank returns, you know, from the quantum realm with Hope and Scott waiting for them and only to be attacked by uh only for hank to attack scott as hope manages to get away as hope normally does um we then see the avengers attacked or avengers come to attack the zombies uh along with um uh, others in the and we learned that the entire pacific northwest was infected the avengers tried their best uh to get through this but thanks again to hank pym he shrunk down enough to the size of an ant and bit Captain America, setting off a chain of infected uh, Avengers. Now, you ask, how does Spider-Man 
actually get, not get affected because he opted out of joining the Avengers back then. If you guys remember on um, Homecoming, he did not want to be an Avenger. So that actually saved him from being turned into a zombie because he probably would have been with them and he probably would have got infected as well. So there that, there that is. However, there were some more survivors here. We know we, we not only just Peter uh, and Hope, but we also um, and Bruce. We also get Happy Hogan. We also get Kurt from Ant-Man, the uh, Croatian guy. <laughs> Uh, Sharon Carter, Bucky, the Winter Soldier, and Okoye. Awesome. Just an awesome rogue gallery here. And it's awesome. We we also get in a hilarious scene where Peter Parker, as we all know him from Homecoming and such, makes one of his infamous uh, vlogs giving an orientation on how to survive the zombie apocalypse, which includes Happy and Kurt and Sharon and Winter Soldier, uh, who is taking a shower during the filming of this. As well, so you you do get some lighthearted comical moments in here, and uh, it, it's it's really it, there's I like it because it it doesn't. We already got two really kind of dark episodes, so yes, it's obviously that a zombie episode is going to be dark, but you know there's some lighthearted comedy, and I love that because we already get. I mean, if you watch The Walking Dead, The Walking Dead was so dark heavy, it was so dark driven with the narrative. That they had to have a show afterwards to calm people down or put people back into perspective psychologically and mentally they needed the talking dead for that show i mean honestly especially the the negan episode no more than that 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 i think that was my beginning of the end of watching that series man um but many many i mean like many crazy moments including hope fighting sharon who gets infected only for her to be infected as well. And she went inside Sharon's mouth and basically grew up inside of her and, you know, expanded within her and explode. It was really crazy. Hope uh, giving her last bit of uh, willpower to help the others go um, before she turns into a zombie. A zombie. She goes giant in order for them to uh, reach the facility, the laboratory or facility that could be the source uh to reversing the effects of the zombie apocalypse so you have that it is there where they notice that the zombies won't enter the lab and is mostly due to vision who is using the soul stone as a an invisible wall to keep those uh from entering so we discover that not only um vision is there but we also learn that scott is still alive thanks to vision who discovers a way to reverse the effects of the zombies um the surviving members also discover the dreadful secret that uh that that vision is keeping and that he is also trying to reverse the zombie effects of wanda maximoff but is having difficult uh difficulties due to her omega level hex powers the to preserve her vision actually is feeding her the limbs of none other than t'challa okay also t'challa played by none other than chadwick boseman who's returning for his second appearance in the marvel what if series this is awesome uh what a great surprise that was wanda breaks free of her uh cell and begins to attack uh and kill kurt unfortunately okoye and Bucky who stays behind to give others time to escape. Uh, the remaining crew explains that Vision was how uh, 
I'm listening. I'm to repeat that. The remaining crew explains the vision of his misguided ways, and through his uh, through his uh, guilt, he decides to remove the soul stone from his uh, from his being, uh, sacrificing his life for the sake of humanity. And we also learn that Bruce's skin in Hawk mode cannot be penetrated by zombie bites. Uh, as a result, he stays behind to uh, you know give Peter. T'Challa and the bodiless, uh, the bodiless head of um, Scott Lang to, you know, remain and, you know, go save the land. Now, take notes. Scott, too, by the way, is uh, also using the cape to levitate now. So uh, he has Dr. Strange's old, um, old, uh, you know, cape now. And Scott Lang, of course, is just being comical the whole entire way, like even though this dude has no body at all. He's trying to keep light of the whole thing. He gives the soul stone to Peter, who uh, Bruce gives the soul stone to Peter, I should say, who gives, uh, who is now humanity's only hope to reverse the zombie effects. The only survivors after all this is T'Challa, Peter, and Scott. We also discover at the end, which is unfortunate, is that Thanos made it to Earth, but didn't make it successfully he became a zombie but he's a zombie with the infinity stones all except the soul stone that is not good on so many levels so um yeah i don't see any i don't see any good things coming and that's how the episode end these this series out of everything out of all the episodes that um i was able to see so far this series is just so much fun you know unlike any of the all the other series has been good but this is just so out of this world i should also mention they did uh show falcon who also was turned into a zombie as well <laughs> here too and my goodness this thing has just been awesome i love every episode about this so let's talk about the cast and who returned who actually reprised their roles it looks like virtually everyone everyone who in, in their roles reprised their roles except for one so let's run it down Mark Ruffalo, obviously, you can tell his voice. He nobody has his voice in here. Uh, Mark Ruffalo returns as uh, the Hawk, aka Bruce Banner. Uh, as I mentioned, Chadwick Boseman makes his, makes his second appearance as T'Challa. This time as the Black Panther, as opposed to Star Lord in the last one. So I, I got a feeling we might see him once more. I'm not sure. I, it's possible. Paul Bettany makes his debut into the What If universe as uh, reprising his role as Vision. Um, Sebastian Stan comes back again. I believe this is his second, maybe second or no, this is second. He was in the first episode too, uh, but he returns as um, the Winter Soldier this time in here as well. Um, Evangel, uh, Evangel, uh, I'm sorry, Evangeline Lilly uh, returns as Hope Van Dyne, so we get to see her in this role. Scott Lang. None other than the uh, one and only Paul Rudd. Ant-Man is in this episode. And you can tell nobody can imitate his episode, his voice either. No, or it, it, people can probably imitate his voice, but his personality is just, it's its signature, it's trademark, it's one of a kind. So it was awesome to have him here. As well as John Favreau, the, the man responsible for bringing the Marvel Cinematic Universe. He is prime, okay? So we get to see uh, him reprise his role as Happy and Zombie ha uh, Happy as well. John Favreau is like when this is all said and done, 
he's he's he he is the nucleus of the entire Marvel Cinematic Universe. Him directing Iron Man set off. It, he's like he's what I call the Big Bang. <laughs> okay, he set it off right there. We also get Denai Guerrero making reprising her role as Okoye in here, and uh, this was just pretty much awesome. She was awesome. Um, Emily Van uh, Van Camp also once again playing Sharon Carter, a good guy version, quote unquote. We'll see what happens from there. <laughs> we also get um, David uh, Dash Muslin. I'm I'm totally butchering his name, by the way. Uh, who comes back as the uh, resident weirdo from Ant-Man. He's on here as well. I love the fact, this is something I noticed too in, any, in, in the What If uh, episodes, is that they not only bring back, they not only bring back the like main superheroes that we all love, but they also bring back the smaller significant characters and co-stars of certain movies back as well. You know, people, you know, characters that people loved even though they weren't like the bigger picture here and this is like one of the, you know kurt was one of those characters that was really funny especially when he was talking about the uh the the folk tales that he knows from his country a bubble or whatever like that is it's just hilarious now the only person who did not make it back and unfortunately it's unfortunate and i got a feeling if he was allowed to he probably would have but that is um tom holland who what, I guess this was not part of the contract that Sony wanted. Remember, Sony owns the rights to Spider-Man. Or, but if that's the case, he wouldn't. They wouldn't use Spider-Man. It could be also, and this is just all theoretic. This is hypothesis at best. The other thing too is that Peter Parker is one of those um, highly paid actors that they couldn't afford to do for this one segment. So they got a guy. Uh, they got an actor to play his to voice his role, and the actor did a great job. Hudson Thames. Um, he, he did a really great job doing this and, you know, I thought it was awesome. Um, so it wasn't, it wasn't totally, you know, a lost thing. Ebony Maw returns, uh, 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 is returns and is played by once again, by Tom Von Lawler, who plays him on, uh, Infinity War as well. And of course the, uh, Steve Rogers character played by Josh Keaton, who played in the first episode as well so he came back and of course we got our jeffrey wright as the watcher <laughs> now um just in just everything everybody else from the zombies like wong dr strange uh we had wanda maximoff in here uh and uh cole up uh obsidian uh we had tony stark as zombie um form we had hawkeye uh janet van dyne became of a zombie hank pym and then thanos it just doesn't get any better than this. So absolutely great episode. A lot of fun. A lot more fun than I thought it was going to be. And I swore when I saw that Peter and Spider-Man was going to be in here, I was like, don't, don't, don't turn Peter Parker into Spider-Man. Like Spider-Man is my dude. <laughs> don't turn Peter into Spark into a zombie. I, I can't, I, I can't see that. And thank goodness they didn't. And then as a bonus, T'Challa stayed alive, albeit he has no limbs now he's kind of he's gonna have to have the same robotic technology as a uh, winter soldier at this point uh can't believe vision fed him to wanda that's so crazy so um the great really crazy episode but this is the type in, in terms of being spot on to the source material what if is a very spot on to what you read in the what if comics it is so awesome i love every minute of it i can't wait to see what the next episode is going to be we still got that 
episode where uh we still got the thor episode we still got the um iron man episode uh or the tony stark episode where killmonger ended up working with him so we got that whole uh whole ordeal so this is going to be interesting we still i believe we still got this is episode five we may got three or four episodes left for the season so i'm enjoying every bit of it i can't wait because when this is all over i'm gonna binge through all this the all those episodes i am so looking forward to this is just awesome ladies and gentlemen that will do it for what's new in the world of acmg we're going to take a break come back and i am going to review mortal kombat legends battle of the realms has it begun or should it continue we'll find that out right after this Ladies and gentlemen, this is Dax Xavier Josiah, the host of ACMG Presents Talk Time Live, the podcast. You want to catch up with all of our podcast shows and hear from some of the hottest names in all of anime, comics, movies, and games, such as... This is Miley Flanagan, the voice of Naruto. This is Stephanie Shea, the voice of Sailor Moon. This is Ruben Langdon, the voice of Ken Masters and Dante from Devil May Cry. Hey there, this is Kyle Abair, the voice of Ryu from Street Fighter V. This is Chris Battle, character designer of Teen Titans Go! Here's your chance to check out all of that and more on Talk Time Live. Live.com. TalkTomLive.com provides all of our ACMG content with new and previous episodes, exclusive interviews, articles, and much more. Visit TalkTomLive.com and let us help you learn to let go, live life, and love all things ACMG. Talk Time Live. This is Charlotte Chung. And Fred Tatashore. And you're listening to ACMG Presents Talk Time Live. Do it. And now, it's time for our Talk Topic of the Week. Ready? Wait! Folks, welcome back to our Talk Topic of the Week, and it is my review of Mortal Kombat Legends Battle of the Realms. This is the follow-up to Scorpion's Revenge, uh, which, if I remember correctly, I gave it an okay grade for this, and uh, I think it won't move any higher or lower here i think it's pretty much the same vibe i had with the uh first movie and you know it's just the same thing so i mean there are some good things about the movie that was okay but in terms of storytelling it felt a bit rushed a bit crammed a bit condensed as they were trying to put all of the factors together in the saga and i do believe there may be a third movie coming uh, from what I saw in here, but we'll run down some things that had happened in here and what I liked and didn't like about it. So, um, yeah, it is what it is. I mean, I, I, I have been no stranger to the idea that I didn't like the art style of this or the animation style of this, uh, deal, but I was shocked to find out, as I mentioned about the injustice, uh, trailer and, uh, and the what's new in the world of ACMG segment that like. I was really shocked when I figured out who did this, who worked on the art and animation for this, as opposed to what they normally do, which is crazy. So let's let's do it. Uh, there is one fun note here, and that is, um, do you remember the last time there was the, op the WB opening where we uh, saw Daffy Duck being himself and then all of a sudden, you know, Scorpion comes out from the Warner Brothers logo and drags Daffy into hell? This time around, it was Scorpion that was doing his martial arts and everything outside of the logo when lo and behold, the logo opens. And of all people, Shaggy comes out, a Shaggy with glowing eyes comes out, grabs him by the neck, pulls him into hell. And there you see Scooby and Shaggy and Shaggy looks like he's a new 
DLC to the Mortal Kombat universe in there, and it all of a sudden it just closes. It's it was it was wacky. Where and uh, actually probably the best thing that I liked about this entire movie was that scene, and that's kind of saying anything. So. The story of this takes after the events of Scorpion's Revenge. Uh, we first see a flash, what it looks like to be a flashback of a couple being killed by Takatans, which is Baraka's race for those who are not Mortal Kombat fans. And um, the couple brutally killed, I should add. Um, the couple has a newborn who they were trying to protect only to meet their end, um, sadly. for. Before the Takatans uh, hero uh, warriors was about to eat this child, Raiden destroys the savages and saves the baby. The baby is believed to be Liu Kang, so this is a flashback to that. We discover that Shao Kahn decides to send his legions to terrorize Earthrealm after the tournament that they lost, Raiden, which is taken place, which is uh, taken after the events of Mortal Kombat 2. So Raiden wants uh, to put an end to the senseless murders of innocent people in Earthrealm. So he agrees to a to have a tournament that Shao Kahn has um, approached. Uh, and with this tournament this time, the winner will permanently, uh, if, if Earthrealm, uh, Earthrealm wins, apparently, Shao Kahn will permanently leave the entire Earthrealm in peace. If they lose, they lose everything, including their souls. So. Meanwhile, we got Shinnok, who's secretly planning to do away with all of the existence uh, as he watches these two battle, you know, for the realms. And that's why I believe there may be a part three to this, which I, I don't know at this point. I don't know how invested I am with these Mortal Kombat movies because I'm not impressed at all at this point. Um, I mean, it, it was there's so little I, that I enjoyed from this. Um, let's just go with the cast first. There we go, Battle of the Realms. The cast was solid. The cast was solid and it was okay. But I, again, this is one of those cases that I had. This is one of those situations that I had back in the 90s when I, when I was reading comic books like thoroughly, heavily. You know, that was the biggest form of you know, entertainment that we had before anime just came around and just took my world. But we had so many great artists like Jim Lee, Tom McFarlane, Eric Larson. Um, I, look, screw it. You know, say what y'all will. Y'all had his comics, Rob Liefeld, Mark Silvestri. I mean, the like the kings of the hill of art styles now. And say what you will. Visuals always are brings the first approach in to anything and then the writing comes in it's never usually the other way around like you can't have cruelly drawn art and try to make somebody believe that the narrative is strong enough to handle that art like some people a lot of people really do you know they they appeal to what's to what looks pretty to what looks good and in terms of this this is exactly what i'm talking about and I remember, Tom, um, you know, uh, not Tom McFarlane, uh, Seth McFarlane, a family guy, talk about how he wanted his characters to look. And he was not a fan of the cruelly drawn, you know, characters that he would see in the 90s and all this stuff. And I totally agree with him because that's exactly how it was. I grew up in the 80s and, um, 
you know, where we had Transformers and G.I. Joe and, and Battle of the Planets and Battle, you know, and um, Star Blazers and the Smurfs and Cubics and, you know, I, yeah, old school Care Bears, all that. All those were beautifully drawn. Um, my Little Pony, for God's sake, uh, Rainbow Bright, the, you know, Thundercats. We had some awesome looking He-Man. We had some awesome looking cartoons back then. And then the 90s came and we realized that there's a budget issue with this with the animation so they started making these like not so appealing art styles and everything and, and crudely drawn art styles now what really set it off was the success of ren and stimpy and the success of beavis and butthead which were now, i will not consider ren and stimpy crudely drawn it was not it was very beautifully drawn um it just had a lot of crazy moments that really you know it really went it it it, it broke the limit of what they did but then you had beavis and butthead which was intentionally crudely drawn because it matched the grunge of the 90s and through its success everybody else tried to do the same thing and then you come up with all these crappy low budget um ugly drawn characters and tv shows and such and the budget of animation was just not there like you look at like street fighter and the original mortal Kombat series that usa came usa network came out with uh in the 90s and all these other you know it was only like a bare minimum of animated shows um that wasn't that wasn't wb that was not batman the animated series or superman the animated series it was just bad even even our beloved X-Men, the animated series, as great as that show was in terms of um, raw, uh, like writing and character development, we hung on the idea that we were imagining that we were seeing Jim Lee. In reality, we were far from looking at Jim Lee's artwork come to life in there. And that artwork on that show was not good. Um, it was badly drawn because, you know, we we wanted to see jim lee most of the people who this was during the 90s boom period so most of us who loved the x-men and brought the x-men number one comic we wanted the idea of just having what we read in the comics come to life and we knew that this wasn't what it was but we still celebrated it anyway as if it was and in reality that cartoon in terms of art style and animation and character design was so bad and it wasn't until anime really started to become a thing because the attraction to anime was in fact that we started seeing these animated you know series and tv shows and movies with beautifully drawn and animated characters that were doing very sophisticated things um more adult content and adult oriented things and this is what we wanted to see from the american animated cartoons and you know it was just bad mortal kombat legends looks like a bad throwback of those type of cartoons and those saturday morning cartoons in the 90s it it's just doesn't work for me but when it turns to the cast the cast was pretty good it was solid um you got the characters that were portrayed the characters before coming back jennifer carpenter joe McHale as johnny cage um art butler as playing shang soon uh ike uh amadi amadi 
plays uh, Jackson Briggs. Um, Biardo Del Magueo plays Sub-Zero. Don't know why they got didn't get Steve Bloom for that. Uh, Robin Atkins Down plays Shinnok. Uh, Gray Griffin plays uh, Satoshi uh, Hasashi, as well as uh, Katana, I believe as well. Uh, Kung Lao played by Matthew Yang King. Uh, Matthew Mercer plays Striker. David uh, B. Mitchell plays Ra uh, Raiden. Um, you know, and, and of course we have uh, Patrick uh, Shates who plays uh, Hanzo Hasashi, AKA Scorpion. And of course we got Fred Tatashore playing as Shao Kahn. And oh, I should add uh, Deborah Wilson playing as Devora, which I believe she plays him in the video game as well. So uh, looks like she's returning. She's returning as the character on there as well, if I'm correct. Uh, she is awesome. And like the, in terms of the voice and the voice cast, the voice cast is solid. Like it's it's everybody you would expect to do solid job. Although I will mention some of the things I didn't like in particular about surprisingly one character in here that I do, but I'll save that for. So I got a few cool moments here that I did like, um, and that is seeing um, the, the the fighters pull off the X-ray moves. Like if you played Mortal Kombat 9 uh, in 10, actually 9, 10 and 11, um, they both, all three of them had, but it's more focused on like, um, Mortal Kombat 9, where you see bones breaking based on certain moves or whatnot here. So you got to see that. And that was reminiscent of that. Um, funny moment here is that once again, we see Kung Lao once again, die in a Mortal Kombat project, making him the only character to have died in the game, the live action movies and the animated movie now. He has died multiple, like he is not destined to live at all, people. It is just sad. Um, he is officially video games version of Kenny from South Park, in my opinion, in there. So, I mean, unfortunately, that's the only cool moment I've seen. If I add, I gotta also add the, the opening intro with the Warner Brothers logo. The not so cool moments for me was the art style. Of course, I mentioned that before. Um, I, I'm gonna take note here because I didn't realize this and this was shocking. Studio Mir, which is a studio that is responsible, a Korean uh, studio that is respons responsible for such greatly drawn and animated um, Netflix series as Voltron. The recent Voltron that was said to be better than the original. And I agree with that. The recent Witcher animated movie on Netflix, the Dota series, uh, anime series on Netflix, as well as of all things, the Boondocks. This is the same company that has worked on all of those and they're working on Mortal Kombat Legends, the animation and the and the storyboard. They are also was the ones that did the last one and I believe it's kind of evident that they're working on Injustice as well. What the hell? Whose idea was this to make to make them drawn like this? I. I I'm so disturbed with this because you have this company. You, it's under, it's being produced by Warner Brothers Animation. Warner Brothers Animation, who has the best American animated studio, and honestly, like, when you look at even now the recent uh, movies, um, 
the Justice Society movie, the Superman Man of Tomorrow, the um, the Batman um, Long Halloween series. They're now redrawn and beautifully redrawn. You got Young Justice. That it looks awesome. You got all of the Batman movies in the past that has looked awesome. Where where those guys? I wanted though, especially for Injustice, I want to see that animation and that art style, you know, used for Mortal Kombat. I don't understand the reason for this. And there's no behind the scenes feature with Ed Boon talking about what's going on here and why they're using this art style and what you know what they, what was the significance of this. So I don't know what the significance is of I just know that it just looks bad to me. And it's it's just bad. The story itself seems a bit to be condensed. Like I said, it's like a condensed version of the original plot in the game, combining elements of Mortal Kombat 2, 3, 4, Deception, and with some appearances from characters from 4, 10, and 11, and try to fit this all into one movie. So that alone, it just doesn't, like if, the fact if you look back at Mortal Kombat 9, which is in fact a reboot of, you know, one through three, beautifully done. And then you got Mortal Kombat 10 and 11, which, you know, follows up from there. And just you don't get that. You don't get that progression, that that smooth, slow progression. It feels like everything is rushed in this. And it's like if you're if, if you're looking at Mortal Kombat for the first time through the lens of this movie, all you'll see is violence. It doesn't factor into the character developments, the stories being told that you have in the actual game, which, it, it, you know, even a game is just not in your face violence. This movie, it just it, it's a it's a stereotype of what the original, you know, of the new of what the new story being told in nine does the new story. And, you know, it's like, the, you know, according to this movie, it's like every scene consist of violence and, and bloodshed and brutality but to act, if you play the actual game there's some actual character development that you like you know with cassie cage and the cage family with sonya blade you got luke kang who became you know zombie or uh, remnant uh, for that matter and his uh his struggles with Redden and what he's doing because of the amulet is taking him over and all this stuff and Shinnok's amulet is making everybody like just evil and it, it just it all makes sense Katana and her storyline um Jade and his, her alliance with Katana um it just it you know you you know more about all of that through the game which has a well-told narrative this you wouldn't know because it's just fight 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 blood 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 it, it, it stuff like that it's just it's just it doesn't really capture what makes the current uh this current version of mortal kombat so great in my opinion and then one of my favorite actors my favorite comedic actors joe McHale's performance here as johnny cage this time around it just it, it wasn't as entertaining as it was in scorpion's revenge it kind of fell flat for me the first one to me, he was kind of the highlight of the actual movie. And this time around, it was like, I feel like it, it just, it, it's, it just doesn't work for me at this time around. And then there's the, you know, Liu Kang situation where he kind of becomes quote unquote, the fire God. And he turns to the animality of the dragon. And it, to me, it just 
also was it, was it fell flat and it was just lame to me as well i mean overall if i had to rank the stories of the animated movie the live action and the game uh this movie will get a bronze for sure you know without a doubt with the live action movie getting which by the way the um new mortal kombat movie for those who have hbo max if you haven't noticed by now that is back in the library for hbo max and you can watch it as many times as you want now i watched it yesterday especially after watching um battle of the realms it is a it is actually a better movie than battle of the realms by far not the best in terms of telling the, the story of mortal kombat but it told its own kind of story and changed it around especially with the cole character in there but still you know entertaining and, and you know it's a, another telling of it as well but it was it's way better paced than this one so but like i said like live action movie getting the silver and of course the reboot game getting the gold as well um this wasn't as bad as what most reviewers i've read said but yeah i do understand it and it doesn't mean that their reviews aren't justified because it is and uh, you know i told you basically why and, and you know here it's watchable but mortal kombat legends battle of the realms looks like a 90s saturday morning cartoon from the usa network trying to be an anime and it failed miserably so this series in its totality can be considered like the worst of all WB animation uh, animated movies in terms of art style, animation, and story. They have been known to do so much better with um, the DC animated features. It's why weren't they given that same treatment here? I don't know why, but it's because of that that this gets a solid C for me. I was even going to give it a C plus, but no, it does not deserve any more than what i believe it's until they make some major changes which i don't see them doing anytime soon and i got a feeling this is going to be the same for uh injustice when that comes out but this gets a solid c for me unfortunately so there you have it um folks that will do it for this edition of talk time live the prime show as uh i mentioned the long halloween i also just discovered that part two is available now so I'm going to review that unless something bigger comes up that I review that next week and um, give it a try and see how that follows up with the first movie, which was I thought was really good and really well drawn in the art, the new art style for the new rebirth universe of DC of these DC films are just awesome. Absolutely. So we'll be doing that as well as another episode of select start this week as well. I know I will possibly be taking a break down the line getting closer to october as i should be heading to new york for new york comic-con so stay tuned for all that and much much more but you know thank you guys again for being a part of this and helping us reach more um listeners which we have been it's awesome uh thank you guys so much for the support thank you guys i'm glad that you are enjoying the content that i am providing here um if you want go to talktimelive.com and it, it is the official website for this podcast you could go there check out all of our podcast episodes there we got a search engine a great search engine in which you can easily find any episode that you that you want to check out as well as coming uh, as you know going and checking out our exclusive interviews by typing in ttl i believe you could type you could type in t it's better to type in ttl exclusive um 
because you will get all of the exclusive interviews a lot faster and easier by typing in TTL exclusive. And you can listen to all of our interviews from there that we have. You can also go into our TTL exclusive video page and you can check out a lot of the video versions of some of the interviews that I have had um, recently as well as going into the media page to check out some of the Repop Metaverse panels that I have hosted with some of your favorite anime uh, actors as well. We got a blog page in there. Uh, we got so much more content coming down the line. So stay tuned for that and it, just enjoy it all. If you want to listen to the show from your favorite podcast platforms like Spotify, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Podbean, TuneIn, Audible, Pandora Pocket Cast, and of course on Tumblr. Shout out to our Tumblr um, listeners there. You can go there and check it out there as well. So, folks, thank you again. It has been a blast as always. And shout out to all my Philadelphia Eagles uh, fans out there. You know, I'm looking out for you. Of course, I'm not a, I'm not a football fan, but you know, I'm I'm a total poser here. But I love what I did with the work I did <laughs> here. So I'm looking out for the Eagles fans. Like I said, if you're an Eagles fan and you're listening. Go on to facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash ACMG1. Fill out all of the questions thoroughly and respectfully. And if you have an account that's legit and it's been it's five over five years, definitely come along and you know enjoy the fun there. So go anyway and check it out. So, folks, that will do it for me. On behalf of myself, all I gotta say is learn to let go. This is Dex Avery Josiah again saying learn to let go live life and love all things anime comics movies and games this is acmg presents talk time live i am out of here fly eagles fly Music for this episode is provided by Game Chops. Check out these great chiptune tracks and more at music.gamechops.com.